You are listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Former Raider Jared Bunch, kind enough to join us. We really appreciate it. Running back, fullback, the brilliant career he had at Michigan. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Jared, thanks for doing this. Thanks for coming on. Hey, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. It means a lot. And I want to begin because I've interviewed so many Raider alumni recently. And the first thing I look at is when you were a kid, young boy, track star, track star and football player. And you were the first from your high school to get a Division One deal and go to Michigan. So what was it like as a kid growing up in Ohio before you went to Michigan? What was that decision like? It, uh, it was wasn't tough. It was easy for me. I did not. Like Ohio State, um, I my the town that I went to, they did. Uh, but Ohio State saw me as a small town kid who should be happy that Ohio State would come and check them out, and they mm. thought I, you know, I should have just jumped on the chance just to come to Ohio State, and uh, it turned me off. Wow, that is fascinating. That so you looked at Ohio State as someone who was just maybe going to think of doing you a favor where Michigan was something that was a little bit different out of state and made you feel like they were looking at you as a special player, huh? Yeah. Well, I was, I was recruited. I was heavily recruited. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, in the, the five places that I went, I went to a uh, university of West, for a recruiting trip. I went university of West Virginia, university of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Maryland, Kentucky, Michigan, and uh, one other place. But, um, I went to a game at Ohio State. They, they, they invited me up for a game. And um, when I went to it, you know, they had guys, they were laying out the red carpet for other guys. Mm-hmm. And they even brought them up to the, to the press box and all that. And for me, it was like, you know, you know they just treated me like I was just, just any old nothing special. So mm-hmm. it showed me. The difference of when I went to games to Michigan, I went to like three or four games at Michigan, um, how much they wanted me, you know. And when you're at that age, you know, you don't know any better. <laughs> you think you go where you want it. <laughs> right. And, yeah, and, and that, that was it. And it worked out great for me because uh, I went to Michigan and we won four Big Ten championships. We beat Ohio State four out of the five years that I was there. And so it was great. And then ended up being a, a number one pick. So I'm, it worked out good for me. Jared Bunch, it sure did. I just want to stay with that for a little bit more. I love this small town attitude. I mean, that's carried you to your coaching position now. Has that been a theme in your life where as a kid you were a star athlete but from a small town but kept those small town roots and that type of grit? That's exactly what took me to starting to coach high school football was um, when I started playing in high school, my team was not, you know, the, the school was not a football powerhouse. We, when I was in the eighth grade, my brother was in the 10th grade, and they had, the high school won their first game in five years. They were 0-50, 0-50. Oh. And they won their first game in five years. And then uh, when I got there, I started as a, a sophomore and made all-county and all all you know, all team, uh, my sophomore, junior, and senior year, and we won some games. And um, Beverly Hills High School reminded me of that. You know, they, they, they weren't a team that won any, many games, 
Um, no one looked at them as a, a real football place to play. So uh, that's why I started. I decided I wanted to coach there, and, and you know, because I knew there were some diamonds in the rough, like I was. Outstanding. I'm loving this conversation with Jared Bunch, who joins us, former Giants fullback, running back, and with the Raiders. You, know, you came to the Giants, I remember that year very well. No, a first-round pick, 27th pick overall. You were the offensive player of the year. Man, as they used you early on, and, and you took advantage of it. Yards per carry. You are a dominant <laughs> player when, it, when you came into the league. You were running with an edge. Yeah, I was running with edge. Um, uh, it's actually, that was my second year, the first year. <laughs> you know, uh, coming into the pros, it was – um, I, some teams saw me as a running back, and some teams had me as a fullback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and um, the Giants was one of the teams that had me at fullback. They had drafted a number one pick the year before Rodney Hampton as uh, running back. So we had a uh, we had um, an idea that we were going to be there for a while. And the second year, when they started uh, using me and using the fullback. It, it worked out great. I mean, we led the league in rushing. I actually scored my first touchdown against the Raiders. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> but when we came out here and played, the Raiders won. The Raiders beat us. What was so, the uh, What was the Raider experience like? I know the injury, and I know you were banged up there, but the I always connect with the Al Davis story. How Al Davis brought you over? How they found oh. you? And what What was that quick story like? Oh man, you know, we you know when Napoleon had gotten hurt in yes. that Monday night game and uh, tore his knee up. Um, they they knew that I was on um, a pup physical unable to perform list and mm-hmm. was released from the Giants. And they brought me in and signed me, knowing that I was injured still with the knee. And they said, "Listen, we need you on the team. We don't want anybody to pick you up." We want you to be on the team for uh, when you're ready to start playing. So for two or three weeks, I was just rehabbing. I was just doing things just to, to get myself ready to play. And then I uh, started playing, but it, the, the knee just was not reacting back to, you know, I, it never, I never was the same player as yeah. I was before that injury happened. And, uh, and it was coming in for Napoleon, who... If you remember that, that that injury that he had, he almost lost his leg. You know, playing against San Francisco 49ers in the Monday night game, gets hit, and they almost had to amputate his leg. Yeah, I'm very I'm very good friends with Napoleon and see him often, and that injury was one of the most brutal injuries in the history of the NFL. He's lucky he kept his leg, you're right. Yeah, exactly. So they brought me in, when the Raiders brought me in, it was to replace him mm-hmm. and just, you know, be ready to go. When my knee was, uh, when my myself was ready to go, and you know, not a lot of teams would do that, mm-hmm. and they did that, and then it just wasn't working. And after being on the team and trying to rehab and and going back on the, uh, and playing, uh, it was not where I was thinking to go right, trying to go right. Mm-hmm. My brain was saying go right. And maybe two seconds later, I could go right. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a shame that injury happened and because and your career coming in was sky high. And I want to wrap it up. Yeah. We're talking to Jared Bunch with what you're doing. Beverly Hills High School. Are you kidding me? What a life. I mean, what, what is it like with these student-athletes? Uh, Tell me about this. <laughs> well, 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 
it's it's you know so uh, it's it's rough. It's it's a, it's a rough situation because it, just like you think of Beverly Hills, think of Beverly Hills High School. Um, that you know, my first year, I had twenty two kids total. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm talking about including freshmen. Right. So it is. Uh, you have to build the awareness of football being more than just a game that you play on Friday night. And that's what it's been. I've been trying to do is trying to continue to build a program that, you know, everyone can be a part of. And, and you know, when I was playing there in Ohio, it was Friday night was when a lot of parents and a lot of people from the neighborhood, they all came out just to see whether you won or lost. They wanted to see their, you know, someone who was growing up in that neighborhood or growing up in that mm-hmm. area play. And in Beverly Hills, it's just not, you know, it's not a football town. No. Everyone... <laughs> On Friday night, they're not looking for it. But the first year, uh, when I came in, they hadn't won a game Um, in two years. We we ended up with 22 players. We ended up with a two and eight record. And then uh, second year, with 24 players, including freshmen, we ended up three winning three games, three and seven, Mm -hmm. won three and seven. And that was uh, last year. And then this year, you know, football is not going on, and, and and so. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, 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 I'm really concerned about a program that can't really field more than you know 14 kids at practice. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would say that that is really interesting. Where you know it's Beverly Hills High School, and you think some of the richest and most unique real estate in the world. And football, not too far from UCLA. I lived in Sherman Oaks, Notre Dame High School, some of the big programs, modern day, out Bosco yeah. out in, in California, that there'd be a couple of players there. But they got the right guy with you, Jared. I'm up against it. I got to run. But let me wrap it up with this. Once a Raider, always a Raider. Mark Davis got you the legacy brick. What does it mean to be associated with this team for you? Man, that's so great. You know, one of the things that goes around in, in the whole league is before you finish, you want to be a Raider. Yes. You want to be a Raider. And I'm, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to, to become a Raider. And the family, man, they can really take care of the, your uh, the alumni. I mean, you know, for the short period of time that I was there, I still have a brick on the new stadium. Um, it's, 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 it's such a great experience. And, and to be a part of that silver and black family, man, I'm just very grateful for it. Thank you, Jared. Good to talk to you. I'll see you when they open up the stadium out here. For sure. Thanks, man. You Have a good it. one. You too. Jared Bunch. Touchdown, Las Vegas. Since starting Allegiant some 20 years ago, we've flown more than 100 million people to be with those they love. We're pilots, flight attendants, and technicians. But we're also parents, spouses, and neighbors. And just like you, we're excited to reconnect with the people and places that matter most. That's why we're going the distance for health and safety, on the ground and in the air. Because the further we go now, the safer it'll be to go farther tomorrow. Allegiant, the official airline of the Las Vegas Raiders. Low fares, nonstop flights, only at Allegiant.com. Robert Jenkins has been great to me. Uh, one of the Raider alumni that I really care about. I get a chance to spend time with him every year from Dublin, California, UCLA, from the LA Rams, LA Raiders, and the Oakland Raiders, West Coast in the house. Robert, good to talk to you. It's always a blessing. How are you? JT, it's a pleasure to talk with you, and a uh, big shout-out to uh, to the Raider Nation. Uh, you know I love you, JT. 
Same here, Robert. You've been so good to me and my family ever since I came to the team, and you're a proud alumni here. I want to begin with that win yesterday. I just mentioned the call car. Uh, Trent Brown on the offensive line was out of the game. Richie Incognito is still injured. You played in a lot of cold-weather games as a West Coast guy. What is that What is that mentality like when you're playing in warm weather and then you got to go out to a cold-weather game and get a win? Well, you know, um, offensive linemen, we are a different breed. You know, uh, we are the, uh, the moosehead snot blowers uh, down in the trenches. <laughs> and for us, it doesn't matter, you know, kind of like the postal service, you know, rain, snow, sleet, or, or hail, uh, we've got a job to do. And uh, when I looked at the game and saw the, the, the elements, I thought to myself, man, we're going to run this football. That's what we're going to do. And uh, that's exactly uh, what they did to establish uh, a line of scrimmage superiority and uh, time of possession, which was able to, uh, you know, open up the entire offense and then conversely on defense, uh, we shut down the run. Um, our linebacking and our back end uh, took care of business, um, and we got the win. Robert, you blocked for some great running backs. What What is that like when you go into a game knowing you have the game plan and it's a run game, it's a heavy run game, and you got to have your run blocking ready to go? The difference between that type of game plan and a pass-protecting game plan. Yeah, when you're able to uh, know that you are going to be able to be as aggressive as you as you want to be, and you're on the, the attack mode, uh, that's, what, that's a lineman's dream. Uh, we want to be able to road grade and impose our will, powerfully impose our will on the defensive uh, opposition. You know, pass protection uh, is a bit of an art form because you're kind of retreating uh, as you're blocking. Uh, but run blocking is just something that allows you, uh, you feel like you, you have an equal opportunity uh, to impose your will on the defense. Uh, defensive lineman in front of you. Robert Jenkins is our guest. So you come out of UCLA, sixth round, 144th pick. Did you feel like you had a chip on you? You should have gone higher in that draft when you ended up with the Rams. Tell us about the early part of your career coming into the league. Yeah, you know, um, honestly, uh, I was just happy to be drafted. Uh, You know, I just was looking for an opportunity. Uh, I had gotten a call on that day. I remember it like it was yesterday. Around, around the second round, there was a projection uh, for me uh, from second to fourth or fifth round. I had gotten a call from John Wooten with the, 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 the Cowboys uh, saying, hey, stick by your phone here. We're getting ready to do something here. And then, uh, then it never happened. And, uh, you know, I said, okay. I said, you know what, this is, uh, this is the process. Uh, and you know, JT, you got your family, uh, you got cameras at your home, and, 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 and all of that. And uh, it was a bit of a disappointment. But uh, I turned that disappointment uh, into, uh, into motivation. Uh, when the Rams uh, selected me, uh, John Robinson uh, mm-hmm. uh, talked to him on the phone, and uh, he said, Hey, he said, their loss is our game. He said, And uh, you're extremely athletic. Uh, welcome to the Rams. And uh, the rest was, uh, you know, rest was history there. I, uh, I, I, I joined the Rams and the team, <laughs> the offensive line, JT, were basically a Hall of Fame offensive yeah. line from tackle to tackle with Jackie Slater and Dennis Hara, Doug Smith, and uh, Irv Hankey. Um, so I was kind of wondering, you know, in the back of my mind, where, where would I fit in? But, uh, you know, there was a plan and purpose for it all. 
and uh, I was fortunate to have the opportunity and take advantage of it and uh, was able to, uh, to play eight years with the Rams. So being a West Coast guy, you come to the L.A. Raiders, there's always an Al Davis story behind it. He knows you, he's seen you, he remembers you out of UCLA. How did that conversation come about? How would you end up a Raider? I'm glad you asked me that question, JT, because, uh, you know, basically uh, the Raiders rescued me at the lowest point of my career. Like I said, I spent eight years with the Rams, and uh, around 1994, uh, at the conclusion of the 93-94 season, I had sustained, uh, which was uh, thought to be career-ending, two dislocated big toes. And I was told that I would never never play offensive line again because you can't push anybody around because you could put pressure on your toes. Well, anyhow, uh, I got about a a second and third opinion. Um, I had a surgical procedure done on them, and – I had a regiment that was implemented by a great doctor in La Habra, California. Uh, he made these things called toe pieces to go over your toes and your shoes. And uh, he put me on a, 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 a program where uh, by I um, had to uh, do these certain types of exercises every day, morning, noon, and night. I'm going to try to go through this pretty fast. Uh, so 1994 rolls around. I go up to, come up to Northern California, okay, and part of that was uh, visiting uh, my grandmother at the time. But also, I needed to find a football field, okay, that had uh, a certain type of turf to, uh, to work out on. I come and I look around. There's no fields uh, that meets the criteria of having the kind of turf except for Foothill High School in Pleasanton, California. Unbeknownst to me, at Foothill High School, John Madden, Coach John Madden, his sons, Mike and Joe, were the head fo- were the uh, football coaches for the freshman football team at Foothill. I'm there and I'm working out, uh, doing going through my routine and everything, and they see me. I don't see them, but they see me going through my program, going through my routine, hitting the sled, doing everything. I get back home uh, to my grandma's house, JT. Now, mind you, her phone number is not listed. It's not listed anywhere, okay? A phone call comes into my grandmother's home in Dublin, California, and it's Karen Otten, Fudgy, on the other line, saying, Mr. Davis is on the line. Would you like to, uh, uh, will you accept the call? I say, absolutely. He says, Robert, he says, I understand that you had some injuries. I've been following your career. He goes, we have it on uh, good, uh, good order. Uh, that you can uh, maybe uh, help us. We have some offensive line needs. Uh, are you interested in coming down and helping us? JT, I almost, uh, you know, I, I, I almost lost my mind. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. Next thing I know, I am heading down to Oxnard, California, training camp with the Raiders at Oxnard down in L.A. Uh, I'm met by one of my luminaries, the head coach, Art Shell at the time, and my contract is already done. Everything is done. There, uh, Mr. Davis has contacted my my wife, who was nine, uh, eight months pregnant at the time, and uh, the rest is history. I mean, I, I it, it, it was like a just a blessing, like a miracle uh, from the Lord. Wow. You know, I know how much your faith means to, and I want to wrap it up with that. But do you believe? 
if you weren't at that field that day working out, this never happens? You know, I'm never going to, you know, try to, <laughs> you know, prognosticate uh, the things of the Lord. Um, I just know that everything happens for a reason. There were a number of football fields that could have been open. I could, But to go to Foothill High School and they have the exact kind of surface that I needed to work out on, on that day, um, uh, the Lord works in very, very mysterious ways, JT. Robert Jenkins, as we wrap it up, a lot of people now, I wouldn't say are all struggling with their faith, but during a pandemic, uh, a lot of services, church service, synagogue, uh, services for individuals, it's not consistent as it was because of social distancing. I know I'm struggling with that every day and wanting to get closer to my faith. What has it been like for you? I know how important your faith is and how you preach to others and talk to others about their faith, especially during these difficult times now in 2020. What message can you leave us with? Well, all I can leave with is what I, you know, ascribe to in in my faith. And, uh, you know, the king is still on the throne, okay, in the midst of all of this. This is not the first time uh, in our nation's history that we've uh, had to deal with uh, with uh, circumstances that are, are that are uh, such that uh, you know can have a global impact, but I will say you know this uh, you know with the election and and, and COVID and uh, you know the divisive nature of the uh, of the climate, um, you know just recognize you know and I pray this that um, that the process the election process um, um, is uh, one that. Um, that has uh, uh, clarity and, 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 and no uh, 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 violence associated with it. Um, as far as, um, you know, church and your faith, you know, God is, is it's a personal relationship, JT. It's not confined to a particular building or, or location. Uh, everybody wants to uh, congregate uh, and, have fel- and have fellowship. But we have to be mindful. We have to be wise and understand that uh, this uh, pandemic, this situation is, is something that travels that's unforeseen. And it's just good stewardship uh, to uh, adhere uh, to not uh, putting ourselves in harm's way for our, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, that's kind of what I ascribe to. Uh, but I do know one thing, the king is still on the throne, um, and uh, we'll, we, we will all get through this uh, together. Thank you, Robert. Great talking to you again. You're a great friend. I'm happy we can do this. I hope to see you real soon. Absolutely, JT. Blessings to you and the family. I love you, man. Thank you for listening to The Game Plan on the official Raiders Podcast Network. 